Well, that music theme still rips. Today I'm talking about the remake of The Magnificent Seven. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's F Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today we're continuing our coverage of modern westerns and what they're all about with The Magnificent Seven from 2016. And as I'll dress, pardon, uh, this movie is kind of like, it's it probably is one of the more financially successful movies of the bunch that we're going to talk about, but it's also one that's like, everyone's like, kind of like, eh, it's all right. But I think it's interesting for a lot of reasons that I'll get into. So without further ado, let's get started. I'm not surprised that The Magnificent Seven had a seem- has seemingly fallen into the category of, oh yeah, that was alright movies from the last decade. Westerns are already a hard sell nowadays, so an R-rated Western in 2016, that's also a remake of a western, classic Western from the genre's heyday, which in and of itself is a remake of one of the greatest movies ever made, Seven Samurai, will have a hard time making a lasting impression. And also because this movie is as straightforward and no frills as director Antoine Fuqua's other work with Denzel Washington, including Training Day and The Equalizer, it's hard to make it stand out in any involved party's filmography. I'm saying all of this to say that while this movie may not have the staying power, it's a fascinating look at how someone attempted to update the Western for a modern audience. Our story takes place in the town of Rose Creek, Creek, which has been grabbed by force by a rich robber baron. Hoping to get their town back, the recently widowed Emma reaches out to legendary lawman Sam Chisholm, Denzel Washington, to act as the town's protector. Well aware that his foe will bring an army, Chisholm reaches out to old and new friends to put together a band of seven skilled warriors. So, The Magnificent Seven is a movie I like while completely acknowledging its flaws. It is a straight-up good-versus-evil western with rough-around-the-edges-but-still-good-heroes going up against an unrepentant murderer who wants wants only personal profit. It has a lot of interesting ideas, which I'll get to, that it mostly ignores in favor of genre tropes and action, but it's still a great ride. So let's get into what works before addressing the missed opportunity. So, first thing that works are the seven. The titular seven are the best part about this movie. Every actor is pitch perfect in their part, whether it's Chris Pratt playing a Chris Pratt character who gets taken down and pegged by equally skilled people around him, Denzel Washington in a stoic badass mode, and scene stealing turns from Ethan Hawke, Vince D'Onofrio, Emmanuel Garcia, uh, (laughs) Rulfo. Each of their personalities is a type that works really well by providing contrast within the group or a different way of fighting. For instance, Bai Hong Lee's Billy lo- lo- loves, ni- uh, sorry, loves knives, which means a lot of the early combat scenes can pepper in hand-to-hand combat to liven up an otherwise straightforward shootout. Same goes for Martin Sinmiers using bow and arrows and other traditional indigenous weapons against guys with guns. And even the majority of these guys add layers to their characters via performance, aka line delivery is everything with this group that fills in a lot of the blanks the movie doesn't have or take time to address. Likewise, it's also great that a modern Western decided to make its seven, its seven a diverse group of people in terms of age, race, and size. I heard one review call it a rainbow coalition against the bad guy, and it fits quite nicely. We also have solid, solid Western action. Another reason this film skates by, despite a loose approach to themes, is that Antoine Fuqua remains a solid director of R-rated action. 
As I mentioned before, the skills of the seven men are an given into introductory segments that provide plenty of variety, even if they're mostly versions of quick draws. You can even divvy up the action beats into segments. We get the introduction segments, the badass flex segment, where the sequence, uh, sequence where the seven all prove their mettle, and then an honest-to-goodness war, as the seven and townspeople face off against a veritable army of goons. The war segment manages the difficult task of providing moments of badass heroism while all making us feel the brutality of the violence. Members of the Seven are killed in meaningful and horrible ways in equal measure. It's a battle of attrition. Another reason I like Foucault's approach is that he's big on, say it with me now, friends, practical action. Westerns are admittedly more prone to lean on practical action than other films. Not all of them will include the main hero doing trick shots on horseback, though, and dudes diving through windows or a bunch of wagons, etc. used as traps. The action reminds me a lot of a 13 Assassins in a great way. The weakness is, is there's a great idea, but not much behind it. The fight between the Seven and the bad guy, Bartholomew Bogue, has a great idea. Instead of being some bandit with a giant collection of goons at his disposal like a more traditional western, Bogue is using and abusing the town to mine gold and trying to drive them out. He is a completely unregulated vision of capitalism taken to its logical, terrifying conclusion. At some point, these people will kill people to dispel the power of popular will. And he stacks the deck in every conflict by buying up as much manpower as he could possibly want, including the local sheriff and a team of quote-unquote detectives, while the town can only put together a crew of misfits and only one real lawman, who we later find out has a personal vendetta against the man responsible. And considering the makeup of this team that includes veterans from both sides of the Civil War, a number of oppressed ethnic minorities who are verbally attacked for how they look, and people who find themselves in trouble, you'd think this movie would hit like a hammer, like a western version of Meituan. But it doesn't for two big reasons. The first is that Bogue seems to be operating independently. There's no one else that seems aware of what he's doing, nor do they care. This is something that's easy to hand wave in westerns because while the federal government may have some kind of presence, the army is usually busy fighting indigenous people far away or far away, and the existing lawmen are singular people or a handful of deputies. There's no indication that Bogue has brought in brought his influence to make the government turn the other way or even gotten weapons or his soldiers from the army. Because honestly, who else at this point in time could get a Gatling gun? That's an interesting question. And minus one or two speeches about how might makes and money makes right, they don't explore this idea too much. Likewise, the heroes all have stronger motivation. Don't ha could have all have stronger motivations minus Washington Sam Chisholm, but we don't get that until the very end. What this movie needs are setups so that later scenes can feel like payoffs. For instance, Sam Chisholm revealing that Bogue lynched his family using ex-Confederate soldiers in Kansas really feels like it's something that should have come out before the big fight, not halfway through the villain's death scene. In a similar vein, Red Harvest being the one to take out the indigenous man of Bogue's crew is appropriate, but would mean a lot more if these two had personal history or could even play, to the tr play for tragedy if our villainous native character was being forced to work for Bogue for some other reason. Even, Rochebe even Rochebeau's PTSD is treated like something he'll just get over, and in fact he does when it matters the most. In short, the Magnificent Seven remake had a chance to be something more than a straightforward for western, but it just didn't take the shot. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.